It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. There's no time to dwell on the past as the Carolina Panthers head into a short week of a trip to Chicago on Thursday night, but we will look back at the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers' latest setback right now on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Wednesday throughout the rest of the regular season, including tomorrow, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get your questions in for tomorrow's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. The Carolina Panthers had yet another setback as they fall to 1-7 thanks to a 27-13 loss against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday with not really much time to sit here and it's well on the past as the Panthers are in a short week as they face off against the Chicago Bears on Thursday evening. Will it be Justin Fields? Will it be Tyson Bajant? We don't really know right now as the Carolina Panthers will prepare for both quarterbacks on Thursday night and it will be the reunion with the Panthers and a couple of their former teammates. Deontay Foreman revenge game, anybody? No, but DJ Moore, of course, who was a part of that trade to move up to number one, and some of the Panthers could really use, in particular Bryce Young, the Panthers would face off against him on Thursday. So we'll spend, of course, some time later on this week as we head into that game on Thursday night to talk about that. But today... Let's briefly talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers' latest loss against Indianapolis on Sunday, starting off as we always do with the positive, the good. Miles Sanders has been underwhelming this season. No one is going to argue against that. When the Panthers gave him the highest running back contract in the offseason, I hated it. Absolutely hate it. Y'all know how I feel about paying running backs. You just don't do it. Pay him federal minimum wage. That's all they should get. $7.25 an hour, 29 hours a week, no overtime, no bonuses, no holiday pay, none of that. You use them, you abuse them, and then you lose them and go draft another running back. That's the way I look at running backs in the modern NFL. Now, of course, the position is important, and I do feel a little icky, (laughs) gross in a way, Because I'm out here talking about running backs don't deserve to get paid. 
a lot of money. Now, of course, if a running back is really good and they get paid, by all means, congratulations to them. And congratulations to Miles Sanders for getting that contract and to all the running backs out there that have gotten paid recently. Seriously, good for them for working hard and getting compensated for their hard work. But as far as team building goes, we have seen time and time again, guys get paid a ton of money, not perform up to expectations or get injured and teams just waste a bunch of cap space, end up having to take on dead money just to get rid of a player that they had no business paying in the first place. We saw that happening here with Christian McCaffrey, although when he was healthy, he was a phenomenal player and he was someone I wanted to keep around here in Carolina, but I understood Considering the position the Panthers were in last October, knowing that they're going to have a new head coach and there's going to be some changes and just looking at the value of that position with a team that was still rebuilding, no reason to be paying a running back that much money and good for Christian McCaffrey and how he's played so far in San Francisco. Would have loved to still have him here, but it made sense. But Miles Sanders, he's not had a great season so far, but he came out on Sunday didn't have that many snaps. At 18 snaps, I was looking at the snap count, but made the most out of his touches. Six carries for 39 yards, 6.5 yards per carry, the most yards per carry on average he's had so far this season in any game. He entered it Sunday, only averaging 3.0 yards per carry. He had three receptions for 22 yards. He looked like the Miles Sanders that we had seen last year in Philadelphia, and maybe he's finally healthy. He had the groin, he had the shoulder that cost him a game against Miami and had him on the injury report. It's possible now Thomas Brown calling plays and Miles Sanders can be more involved and can look like the player the Carolina Panthers went out there and signed. But at the end of the day, this feels like a player the Carolina Panthers are going to move on from rightfully so once the offseason occurs here in March. Overall, the running game was better than it's been so far this season. Only the second time I believe the Panthers have gone over 100 yards rushing, 28 carries, 138 yards. Mentioned the 39 yards for Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard had the most rushing yards. Bryce Young had 41 on his own. And a lot of those, of course, are scrambling when he's getting pressure. And a couple of it was late in garbage time. But still, the Panthers were able to run the ball fairly effectively with Sanders and and Hubbard to a lesser extent on Sunday, they're going to need to find a way to have a consistent running game to help out Bryce Young. So as far as the good, like that's obviously good. The defense only gave 198 yards on Sunday, gave up 13 points on offense to, to the offense of the Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew didn't light up the world. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss were held for less than 100 yards. Everything you wanted from the defense, you got on Sunday, except for, I guess, a takeaway. So good, again, from Ajero Vero and his unit that's continuously been banged up throughout the season. Guys like Alex Cook, who started on Sunday at safety, and DiCaprio Boodle had to come in once C.J. Henderson went out with the concussion. Those guys stepped up. Defensive performance was... I give it an A for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday against Indianapolis. Now over to the bad. Uh, penalties, man. It's got to stop. It has to be on coaching for a team at this level to be this undisciplined. I just don't understand it. These are grown men, and they continue to make the same mistakes week after week. And Frank Reich, when speaking to the media, and we'll get to uh, more of his comments here momentarily on the show, he mentioned three crucial penalties in the first quarter hurt them from getting off to a hot start. The only time the Panthers have had a hot start all season long was against Miami when they went up 14-0. And aside from that, the Panthers have immediately put themselves behind the eight ball. I mean, I guess you look at Minnesota as a hot start with the pick six. But for the most part, the Panthers are just never in position to go out there and control the game from the outset. Now is the problem for this team and part of the reason why they are 1-7. And penalties are a big reason why. Had the offside penalties penalty early in the game, 
that gifted the Colts a first down. Then later on, Troy Hill got called for an unnecessary roughness penalty, which Frank Reich was not asked about that on Monday, whether he thought that was the right call or not. But that was one of those things where he's going to hit the quarterback late when Gardner Minshew sliding. He didn't hit him in the helmet. Uh, it was probably not a great call, but still, you got to have the discipline not to do that. And those two penalties helped the Colts score a field goal. Then later on in that in that half, Xavier Woods gets called for unnecessary roughness uh, for hitting Michael Pittman. He launched into him. Maybe if he doesn't launch into him, just kind of lets Pittman come to him and then lays a shoulder into his chest. Everything's good. Either way, we saw it. He only hit him in the chest, didn't hit him in the head or neck area. Shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, but still, the fact that he launched, that's going to force, not even force, but that's going to um, have officials feel like, hey, we need to throw a flag on this play to protect the, the receiver. And two plays later, that led to a touchdown. So two penalties, whether they were the right call or not, just showed a lack of discipline there that led to 10 points for the Indianapolis Colts. And you look at the false starts. They came into the game with the second most false start penalties in the NFL. Had three of them again on Sunday. I just don't understand. Week after week. We talked about the noise in Seattle when they had eight of them. What's the excuse at home? Well, I guess there were a lot of Colts fans, so maybe that was the excuse. But still just pathetic that this team continues to shoot itself in the foot with just procedural penalties and just a lack of discipline week in and week out so far this season in 2023 uh another bad the offensive line uh tell me you've heard this before they caused they gave up a ton of pressure on the edge and up the middle austin corby coming back may have helped the run game but so far it has not helped pass protection as there are still so many struggles by that offensive line unit week after week so far and it's so frustrating for bryce young to be behind a unit that i touted as the best unit on the team uh, back in the summer when I was giving my positional breakdowns. And I think a lot of us thought was fixed after the way they played last year. But clearly, this is not a unit that's built to handle uh, this heavy of a passing offense. And that means there's going to be need to be some changes this offseason or these guys just got to figure it out. So far, that has not been the case. Bryce was sacked four times on Sunday. Of course, not all of those aren't him. Uh, but each of the interceptions he threw, he was facing pressure in his face, and that's just some of the things that you can't allow because when that happens, a guy is prone to make a mistake, which Bryce did, throwing those three interceptions, two of them being returned uh, for a touchdown by Kenny Moore. Also uh, bad, first half offense was terrible. 62 total yards on offense in the first half, 29 plays, 2.1 yards per play, had five first downs, uh, only eight passing yards when you include the sack yardage, which was negative 27 in the first half. Drive chart, punt, 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 field goal, interception, and then end of half, which was the final play, was a sack. Just indicative of everything we've seen so far in Carolina. Uh, then, unfortunately, the ugly. Bryce Young had a horrible day. Picked the worst day to have a bad day as C.J. Stroud was lighting up the world down in Houston and coming back to beat Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good for him. 470 yards, a rookie record in the NFL. But it's unfortunate for Carolina that their rookie quarterback is not putting up those numbers. It was 12 years ago when Cam Newton was quarterback here in Carolina, was the number one overall pick, and was putting up the kind of numbers that we've seen from C.J. Stroud so far this season, uh, but really better. And Bryce Young has not been able to do that yet, has not had a 300-yard passing game. You thought maybe on Sunday with a banged-up Colts defense that was uh, statistically one of the worst defenses, if not the worst, in the NFL heading to the game yesterday that Bryce would have a big day, but instead he was 24 of 39, 173 yards, a touchdown and three interceptions. Of course, offensive line didn't protect, receivers didn't get open, and Bryce just did not make the right decisions. But really, in the end, it's just a bad game, and we move on from here. And one final ugly turnovers. Heard it all before. Both teams came into the game. 
Minus two turnover differential. The Panthers ended up turning it over three times, two of those leading into points. The Colts turned over one time. The Panthers went out there and punted the ball immediately after doing that, getting no points out of that. The Colts have 14 takeaways on the season. The Panthers only have seven on the season, and that is the difference between a team that now is four and five and a team in Carolina that is one and seven and was unable to come out with a victory on Sunday afternoon as that 14 points that we saw scored by Kenny Moore, that was the difference in the game. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers 27-13 home loss against the Indianapolis Colts. The former Colts head coach Frank Reich is now the Panthers head coach and he had some comments about the game on Monday but also we're looking ahead to what's going to happen on Thursday as they face off against Chicago and it looks like Brian Burns will not be out there so what will the Panthers do without Brian Burns on Thursday night? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. I don't always play fantasy sports, but when I do, I head over to our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And who does not need $250 this football season as the holidays are right around corner price picks is really simple to play you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 that's pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Carolina Panthers will head up to Chicago to face off against the Bears on Thursday night. And God bless the rest of the country. I am not someone who tunes in to Thursday night football. I think it's a trash product uh, overall. Uh, Playing on a short week, not great for the players. Players don't like it. We've seen injuries come out of it. But you know what, man? It's all about the money. And they put the game on Amazon. And for you Panther fans, if you are here locally in Charlotte or in the Carolinas, you'll be able to watch the game on local TV. Not quite sure which channel, but it will be on local TV. If you are here locally in Charlotte and in the Carolinas and a Carolina Panthers market, you will get the game. So do not worry. You'll get it on local television, whether it's on ABC, uh, the Fox Philly, NBC. I'm not quite sure which channel will be on. You'll be able to watch the game. Free of charge, no issues at all. Now, for the rest of you, uh, you'll be having to watch that game uh, on Amazon Prime. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, which I imagine most people do, because Jeff Bezos has this all just clipped, you know where, uh, I feel like that will be something that you ought to do on Thursday Night Football. And that's a big reason why I don't watch it. Like, come on. You put on Amazon. I'm just And, you know, Southern Charm comes on on Thursdays. Just realize I'm going to miss Southern Charm now because the Carolina Panthers are playing on Thursday. Darn. One show that has a ton of drama and another that does not have any drama at all. But anyway, moving forward, Frank Reich spoke to the media on Monday, as he always do. Things a little bit different as Panthers again are here in a short week heading up to Chicago. 
in a few days time talk about the the quick turnaround uh they were able to flush some things from the game on sunday and just move forward and of course carolina panthers are dealing with some injuries he's waiting to hear back on some mris and the main injury that they're dealing with is brian burns who uh went into concussion protocol uh, i failed to mention that yesterday on the show but i went on tv uh wcnc local nbc affiliate here a techna station with nick carboni on sunday and he had mentioned hey brian burns in concussion protocol and just knowing how that works unlikely uh to be able to play on Thursday. And Frank Reich all but said that he will be out, saying he's our best player, he's a beast. We'll miss him, but it's next man up. <laughs> he doesn't think that there's any chance of getting him. And even if Burns is available and wants to be out there, uh, Frank Reich just does not believe that that's something that he would do. And that's probably the smart thing. And for an organization that has had not one, not two, but three opportunities to trade him and has refused to trade him and is going to have to pay him, unless they're going to tag him, then trade him in the offseason, which is still an, an opportunity for the Panthers to do. Wouldn't love it. Uh, but if they're going to do that, if they're not going to trade him, the Panthers are going to have to pay him. And Brian Nett Burns is a human being, but he's also an asset for this organization. And you got to protect your assets, as any business would do. So this really does not make a lot of sense to go out there and play him, even if he's cleared from concussion protocol. And we, I think, now understand better than ever just how – serious of an injury a concussion is so Brian Burns gonna be out on Thursday night and that's tough because he's not gonna be there you saw Justin Houston be placed on IR so he's out uh Thursday and for the next two games after that Marquise Haynes though he uh, has been designated to return from IR you wouldn't expect him to be ready to go uh off of a short week maybe next Sunday and Frank Reich did say he's getting close to returning which, yeah, duh, there isn't a reason why you would put him out there. You wouldn't open up his 21-day window if he wasn't close to returning. If he did not think in the next three weeks he would be able to return. So, yes, Marquis Sainz will be back, but not on Thursday. Maybe next week. We'll see. Uh, but a precarious situation for the Carolina Panthers. They elevated Eku Loyota, the undrafted free agent out of Auburn, on Sunday to go out there and play. Uh, you had seen DJ Johnson out there as well. It's going to be interesting to see how the Carolina Panthers are able to uh, utilize their edge rushers, those outside linebackers on Sunday or on Thursday, rather, and how much pressure they're able to get. Uh, looking at the pick sixes, uh, I talked about all of them uh, yesterday and even early earlier on the show, but, I mean, there's pressure in Bryce Young's face. Each opportunity, or each one of them, there's pressure. But the two pick sixes, primarily, you look at the first one, the read was to the left, wasn't there. Bryce looks back to the right, tries to get it out quick uh, to Chuby Hubbard, but it's a late throw to the flat. Trent Green said on the broadcast or on CBS that that's just a no-no. Kenny Moore cuts underneath it, takes it home for a touchdown. Then the second one, I mean, the Colts really blew up the screen. They had it covered well. That situation where, I mean, Bryce is either going to hang in there, take the shot, and make a better throw, or as Frank Reich said, you just got to dirt it. So two bad decisions by Bryce Young, really the second one worse than the first one. Now both of them, the exact same result as far as the other opponent, the opponent going down the field and scoring six. Uh, but Frank said, hey, been a bad, part of a lot of bad days. Seeing quarterbacks have worse days than that, he's got to move on from it. Bryce will be better for it. You hope he learns. And, you know, it is what it is. So we'll see how Bryce Young's able to recover on Thursday. Now the quarterback situation in Carolina is, you know, in a way there's – 
questions about Bryce Young, uh, but there's a lot of questions in Chicago, uh, primarily why the Panthers trade away DJ Moore was so that Justin Fields would have that wide receiver one. What a novel concept to set up your young quarterback with a top receiver to help him out. Uh, Panthers apparently weren't all that interested in doing it, also couldn't get the deal done without including DJ Moore. Well, DJ Moore will be out there for Chicago, but we're not quite sure whether it'll be Justin Fields who's been dealing with a finger injury or Tyson Bajan, who apparently had a good, I was looking at Twitter, I wanted to go play golf early on in the day on Sunday. We'll be doing the same thing this Sunday, I think, because the Panthers don't play. Uh, but I had seen on Twitter, uh, Danny Parkins, who does a great job in 670 to score the sports radio station up there in Chicago. I was like, hey, Tyson Bajan having a really good first half. Then I look back later at the stats, didn't see the game, but he threw three picks and their losing effort to the Saints. Had a couple of interceptions as well against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football last week when they were building him up to be this great player who's going to teach Justin Fields all those things, yada, yada, yada. And it's a cool story. D2 player out of what, Shepherd University in West Virginia. But Bajan doesn't seem to be any good at all. Maybe he'll be fine. I mean, he's a UDFA. So what's the expectation really there? If they get Bajent, that's an opportunity to get a ton of turnovers. If they get Justin Fields, another opportunity to be able to take the football away. The Panthers are just going to wait. Uh, probably until game time to really get clarity on that situation. Chicago has no reason to tell anybody what their plan is. And they'll prepare for both and plan accordingly. Or and adjust accordingly, rather. And I mentioned earlier, DiCaprio, Boodle, Alex Cook, those two guys had to step up in the secondary yesterday. Frank Reich thought they played well, credited him for being ready in that situation. And yeah, man, that's where we're at with the Carolina Panthers heading into the game against Chicago on Thursday. No burns, so someone's got to step up. And we'll find out probably Thursday night, right before the game, who the Carolina Panthers are going to see as the QB1 there in Chicago. Justin Fields hoping to come back off of injury and Tyson Bajan being a false idol, much like a lot of the quarterbacks people here in Carolina like to build up the last couple of years. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the uh, updates with the roster as Marquise Haynes is coming back from IR, but there's another player that people have asked me about who's going to IR and a man who's been dealing Pokemon cards is now here in Carolina. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. We're at the halfway point of the NFL season. You also have the NBA back, the NHL, and college basketball men's and women's is back Started on Monday. So happy to have college basketball back. And, of course, college football is heating up as we get closer to the college football playoff and the bowl season. So go over to FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Remember when I told y'all back in August when the Carolina Panthers had their initial 53-man roster cut down that the roster um, is never final. It's always fluid. Well, boy, has that been the case this season as the Carolina Panthers currently have 12 players on injured reserve. Now, one of them, Marquise Haynes, has been designated to return from IR. Haynes has missed the first eight games of the season with a back injury that has plagued them since the end of July when the Carolina Panthers first got to campus there at Wofford down in Spartanburg. He's a player that we felt like going into the season was going to be a starter until the Carolina Panthers went out and brought in Justin Houston, who's now on IR. You also have Itor Grossmatos on IR and Brian Burns looking to, uh, to miss out on Thursday with a concussion. So the Panthers really could use Marquise Haynes on Thursday, but that's unlikely to be the case considering it's a short week. Maybe after the little mini-bye when they come back home to face off, well, I guess it's not really going to be a home game since they're playing the Cowboys. Whenever they face off against the Cowboys technically at home, Marquis Saints may be able to play in that game. Uh, the Panthers would need him to be able to play, just knowing that you know Burns should be back, I would think, by then. Just hopefully it's not going to be that serious of a concussion. So Burns should be back. You have Houston on IR. You have Grossmatos should still be out on IR. So if Marquis Haynes can come back next Sunday against the Cowboys, that would help out the Carolina Panthers. So some positive news that with 12 guys, which God, that has to be. I didn't look it up, but that has to be the most in the NFL. I know playing Houston a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned that they had 11 players on IR where the Panthers had nine. Since then, the Panthers have had three guys go on it. So the hope is that Marquise Haynes will be able to come back and be ready to go uh, hopefully next Sunday when Dallas comes to town. Uh, but the Panthers, while they're getting one player off of IR soon, they're adding another one. Now, a little bit different. With the practice squad IR, while he's still up for four weeks, it's not really he was an active player anyways. But Tariq Cohen, who folks have asked me about, he has not played an NFL game since 2020. Had a horrific knee injury, suffered down in Atlanta early in that season, tried to make a comeback, tore his Achilles on IG Live, just a heartbreaking North Carolina guy, played at A&T, and got an opportunity here in Carolina. And people have asked about Tariq Cohen. What could he do for the team? You know, they've struggled to run the football, trying to find some playmakers. And it's just hard, even when he came back, to think a guy who had that serious of an injury where he basically had like a total knee reconstruction and had the Achilles that he was going to come back and be explosive like he was in the past. Like Raheem Blackshear is probably what you would want out of Tariq Cohen. And I would like to see Raheem Blackshear out there on the field more. But he's a younger player who hasn't suffered the kind of injuries uh, in his career like Tariq Cohen has. So now Cohen on IR with a hamstring injury. Going to have him for, out for four weeks um, from the practice squad. It stinks because this would have been maybe an opportunity later on in the season. And when he comes back, could still get an opportunity. Still nine games with the play to maybe get out there, be evaluated on the field. And it really would be somewhat of a feel-good story considering all the bad and what he's been through to have that journey come back to home to North Carolina, play for the Panthers, and be out on the field active on a Sunday. So my hope is that he can come back, be able to play, but I had never had high hopes that Tariq Cohen was going to be a major factor, just knowing that they spent a lot of money to bring in Miles Sanders. They like Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, wasn't really even that involved. Now he is. Just hard to see Cohen having that big of an impact in Carolina. But I, I will be rooting for the guy. I, I've been rooting for him. I always root for Tariq Cohen, and hopefully he can get an opportunity later on this season. And one final thing from the Panthers on Monday, uh, Jordan Schultz now at Bleacher Report. 
He reported that Blake Martinez, uh, the linebacker, is coming out of retirement and is signing with the Panthers. Uh, according to his sources, Martinez, who has over 700 career tackles and 39 tackles for loss, was last the Raiders after spending his first six seasons with the Packers and Giants. He's a Stanford University alum, and he'll be on a practice squad, according to Frank Reich. Joe Person of The Athletic asked him about that. Hey, is that true, this report? He said, yes, it is true. There's a workout recently with Martinez, um, but he'll be out here in the practice squad knowing that you have injuries to Clyde and Cheryl. This is on IR. Chandler Wooten went out. I don't know how serious that is, but he's been a key special teams guy who's also gotten some reps as a linebacker. Of course, Kamu and Frankie Louvre are the starters right now. Deion Jones is there. They needed some more help at linebacker, and he's somebody who understands the Panthers' defensive system and knows uh, some of the coaches. I would think he would probably know Jero Vero with his time with the Packers, so he knows some of the coaches already, so it makes sense as a fit here. Uh, one funny thing about this, too, is he, I think in part why Martinez is not playing because he wanted to go out there and like sell Pokemon cards and for whatever reason I don't I don't know what the particulars were that wasn't really like allowed while playing in the NFL so he's been slinging Pokemon cards last like couple years now at least since he retired and has made millions off of it uh just go look it up really interesting there was a good story about that uh not too long ago so Blake Martinez now back out here uh card salesman now playing linebacker for the Carolina Panthers and I would expect him to probably be elevated uh pretty quickly maybe not this uh Thursday night uh but maybe next month next Sunday rather when the Cowboys come to town I would expect to see Blake Martinez out there so that's where we are as far as a a roster update with the Carolina Panthers heading into Thursday night that's gonna wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Uh, remember, y'all, subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is a free podcast available everywhere you get your podcast. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Did not do it last week as we had the trade deadline. Wanted to talk about that, but I have plenty of questions I can answer tomorrow so either at me or dm me at julian council get those questions into me right now as you're listening to this uh so i can answer them in time for tomorrow's show uh but in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all on wednesday is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.